Hi everyone, my name is Melissa Lee and I'm your health coach who targets women with PCOS and women in general who wants to achieve stubborn weight loss. I do my best work when I work with PCOS urban women in their 30s who are embarrassed about their weight but want to feel comfortable in their bodies and are able to lose stubborn weight naturally. In this podcast, we talk about various topics including why stubborn weight loss is so hard to achieve. If this is you, definitely put this in your podcast list because one episode will be released every single week. Hi everyone. So today I would like to introduce you to Mallory Leon, founder of Manifest Box and someone who uses magic to heal. She started out as a nutritionist and has turned into an energy healer in Las Vegas. I'm so excited to have her on the podcast today as she will guide us through the importance of healing internally through the mind-body connection outside the realms of food and exercise. So welcome to the podcast, Mallory. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. I'm so, I'm so excited because I recently got into this whole realm of astrology and kind of uh, moon reading and I got I have a lot of you know skepticism from my husband but it sounds really fun and I you know I'm excited to dive right into it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. neuroscientist and uh, he had a lot of skepticism too when he first started dating me and it's funny because over time he has really opened up to a lot of the concepts and the modalities and the different things that I work with with clients. And he sees it working in my life. He kind of sees it working in his own life. So it's so funny. I think that people really, they start Mm -hmm. to see it even when there is a lot of skepticism. So it's interesting. (laughs) Nice. So maybe all the skeptics right now, they might, you know, become converts by the end of this conversation. (laughs) Um, okay, so, you know, just let my audience know who are you, and who do you serve, what are you all about? Oh my goodness. So, as you said, I, I was in the nutrition field for a long time, and um, even still, I do consulting and writing for nutraceutical companies. So, I think that the mind body connection is yeah, it's so important to keep both things in mind when you're healing. There's definitely physiological, biological responses and things to deal with. At the same time, I found that in a lot of my clinical work with um, nutrition clients, they were doing everything right and they were taking all the right supplements and they were getting all the blood work and doing the stool tests and take, you know, doing all of the things and changing their diets and, and working so hard. And there was always, not always, but sometimes there was, there were some components that weren't being dealt with, whether it was stress or an unhappy mm-hmm. relationship or, um, maybe some like past or like past healing that they hadn't really dealt with that was inhibiting them from healing fully. And so I started to study this stuff. I got Reiki certified, but more than that, um, did a lot of my own healing work. And I think that that's how a lot of people start in all of this nutrition, Mm -hmm. functional medicine. Um, I know like so many therapists that just had really bad childhoods. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. And so it was kind of the same thing where I was, you know, I was in therapy and I was doing all the nutrition things myself. And then there were a couple of family traumas um, that happened in the last five years or so, um, including my own divorce and, you know, life turning upside down so many different ways. And, um, and this, the, this type of healing was the only thing that made sense to me after a while. So Mm. I tend to get clients that 
are kind of going through a big transition or healing a trauma and they've kind of done everything else. And so yeah. and then they, they end up calling me. So that's um, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So right now I do have um, a company called Manifest Box and I hand make a lot of the products in the box. And these are essentially ritual kits and they have different themes. So there's prosperity and abundance, there's love, and then there's a self-love box called Radiance Box. And um, they all come with step-by-step -step instructions. Basically, I wanted to make spell work and ritual very um simple i didn't you know i find that walking into a lot of these kind of witchy crystal shops it's like mm -hmm. oh, you with all this stuff what's going on and i know i've been studying witchcraft and and this type of healing since i was a little girl i think i started when i was about 11 maybe 10 mm -hmm. and um but you know when it can it can seem very like esoteric and not very accessible and i wanted it to be more accessible to people because i think yes this is getting a little bit quote unquote trendy but i think that is absolutely for a reason and it's because so many women are stepping back into a sort of ancient ancestral power that we frankly weren't raised with and we weren't really told that we had. And now that we're realizing it, um, it's becoming really popular because it is really powerful. So Manifest Box was sort of my my child that came out of <laughs> yeah. people to have more access and then sort of naturally, organically that um, led into a lot of one-on-one -on -one work. So I do remote healing, um, card readings, and basic, like essentially coaching. And, um, and a lot of like custom one-on-one -on -one work because everyone's mm -hmm. so different. So right. So that's a lot in there. Um, I totally agree with you about the whole like stepping back into an ancient form of healing because all these things about, you know, Chinese medicine, Ayurveda, it's all coming up. And then why should not, you know, why should this not come out as well? And then also I feel like whenever, especially women, we have so much more intuition. So when we read this kind of things or we look at the moon, like we feel drawn towards it. And I can't really explain it to like a male audience, but it just feels right. You know what I mean? Like I can get, I can see why people get into this. Um, so what are actually some of the challenging aspects of using, you know, whatever modalities you use to heal people? Do you have any specific examples? Yeah, I mean, I think that the most challenging aspect for me is that everyone is on a very different level of healing. And so it's so unique to you or to, you know, a client or to me. So while I may be at the phase in my healing where I'm like, you know, <laughs> going mm -hmm. in meditations and talking to animal spirits and mm -hmm. all that sort of thing. Sometimes when I'm working with clients, they're not quite there yet. And so I think the biggest thing is sort of meeting people where they are, that it's not going to be a total, like a completely linear process of healing as well. When it comes to ancestral healing, and a lot of this is, um, a lot of this is like very much like basic psychology, or um, I know that a lot of uh, astrologers study union psychology and and that sort of thing mm -hmm. and it's it's sort of like when you think you've dealt with let's say all of your issues with like your mom or your dad and right. you've gone through all this healing you've gone through all these processes and done the ritual and done the journaling and you've cried it out and you've you know released the trauma and then you're doing okay and then it's you know six or nine months later and something comes up again and you're realizing that it's time to process it again, but on a totally different level. So you're, it's not like you're 
words. It's that you are kind of addressing things at a different level. I also think it's really, like we're all still human on a human plane. And so I think sometimes when people get into spirituality, they think they have to be like Zen all the time or not. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Or it's, it's more like having a toolkit and using your, your magical mystical tools to deal with the everyday dramas and traumas of life. It doesn't mean that it's all going to go away or that you can, you know, do a bunch of spells to, to, (laughs) right. It's not real. Right. Okay. We, we stay human and we still have challenges. These are just the tools that I've found really helpful um, in, in processing and dealing with the, the traumas that life inevitably <laughs> brings. So, you know that phrase, I don't know if you heard this before, but I've heard it said many times. It's like, we are spiritual beings having an, a human experience. So is this what you're talking about? Like the whole human experience? Exactly, exactly. And embracing that and knowing that that's why we're here. Mm-hmm. And that, we're, you know, we're not necessarily here to maybe transcend that and become spiritual beings on a human plane. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've just found it really helpful. So it's not to, like, remove the, you know, instance of depression and anxiety, which so many of my clients have. It's just having a little toolkit of, of things that can help you process and work through that. Mm-hmm. So it's not as painful. It's not as traumatic. And maybe it'll stop happening as much. Who knows if mm-hmm. that's, that's how, how you're doing right. And also to ac- accepting it, right? The whole point of accepting. I feel like so many of us, we deny what's happening to us. And we're like, mm-hmm. I want to pop this pill. I want to do this ritual to get rid of it. Um, another thing that brought up to mind when you were talking about that is um, how people... I think sometimes when it becomes a trend, they, they feel like, oh, I need to be a certain level of like spirituality. I need to be here. If not, you know, I'm kind of like lagging behind other people. Um, I mean, I felt this myself because I'm like, oh my God, I need to meditate. And then when I don't do it, then I feel like I failed or I, I get it. It's like very, it's a very human competitiveness that comes up there. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, and I mean, mm-hmm. hey, in an Instagram world where right. you know, it's it's much more romantic and beautiful to think of yourself as wearing all white and strolling on the beach, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. or your sound bowl or whatever. <laughs> when in reality, my form of spirituality is me, a lanky, you know, awkward girl taking hip hop classes because... <laughs> I do not, I cannot dance, but like, that's my, that's how I'm feeding my inner child and my soul right mm-hmm. now is attempting to move that way is making me really happy or like nice. goofball laughing with my family or my boyfriend. Um, you know, maybe it looks like spending all day in bed and not being particularly productive and where you used to beat yourself up for that because we mm-hmm. live in a incredibly masculine driven society where we're always told to do more and be more mm-hmm. maybe it means doing less maybe that's your healing and maybe it doesn't look anything like the beautiful instagram photos i think that yeah. that's um it's a part of this whole world that is that can be very misleading and i love looking at beautiful things i think it's important to surround yourself with beauty um it's important for a lot of us uh but it can really divert the your soul's conversation with itself and and right. sort of 
this journey when you think you have to look a certain mm-hmm. way. That was the other thing when I started Manifest Box. I, I wanted it to, I didn't want it to look any certain way. I wanted people who looked goth and wore black lipstick mm-hmm. and then people who looked kind of preppy and went to a day job every day. <laughs> everyone to feel like it, like they could access it and like it was mm-hmm. for them. Because sometimes, again, I walk into these little witchy crystal stores and I'm like, ooh, like, do I belong here? Like, yeah, right, right. There's a stero- stereotype around that. Yeah, very gypsy-like or something. Yes. Yeah, I totally get that. Um, yeah, so, you know, amidst all of this social media, like, and trends and stuff, how do you ac- actually attract your clients? Oh my gosh, it's so funny you asked that because this last, like, two weeks has been so mm-hmm. funny. Um, it's mostly by referral and I manifest box itself. Um, it's, it is very much like going to trade shows or stuff like this, like podcasts, um, because it is a product, but for my one-on-one work, it is 100% been referral. So it started out with just like friends and family a few years ago. Mm -hmm. And now it's just, it's really taking off. And I'm finding that, um, more and more, I'm actually getting away from posting too much or relying too much on advertising or mm-hmm. putting myself out there like that because I found that the perfect clients are coming to me. And here's the deal with energy work or any kind of like ancestral healing, shamanism, whatever, uh, witchcraft, what have you. You have to feel drawn to the person that's going to lead you through that or. Um, mm heal you, quote unquote. Um, I like to kind of think of it more as you're healing yourself and they're just sort of like a medium. Exactly. Like, Mm. yeah, like the guide basically. And, um, and I've just found that time after time when I get referrals and and you can, you can tell, like, I'll get them on the phone. You can hear it in their voice. They're going to, they're perfect. They're ready. There's not some weird, like, you know, not to say that selling and, you know, whatever, online sales is a bad thing at all. But for me personally, I'm just getting the best possible clients that come to me and they're ready and they're like, yep, we're, we're here to do. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, so that's actually what's been really <laughs> helping me. Um, it's just been really a beautiful flow. I'm really mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Never underestimate the power of off referrals, huh? Yes. yes. So, so I guess, you know, some people might be wondering now, like you use this type of work to heal internally is how does that actually link to like, um, you know, the external health, right? Like, oh, if we want to lose weight, if we have PCOS, for example, uh, how does that link to that? How do you, okay. yeah. So this is such a cool question. There's books on books on books written on this. Um, mm-hmm. I can't, and now I'm blinking on like one of the, the best ones is like, oh, I can't remember. I'll, I'll hopefully think of it. Um, it mm-hmm. makes me think of like Dr. Joe Dispenza's work. It's basically healing on a quantum level through, through energy. Um, I'm not a quantum physicist. <laughs> um, so I, I can't explain it in detail, but what I mm-hmm. do is that when Okay, we can we can kind of talk about it on a more of a phys- physiological level. Um, okay. You know what stress is doing to the body, right? Like we know mm-hmm. that stress can um, lead to an overproduction of cortisol, which then leads to HPA axis dysfunction, which then leads to maybe an overproduction or underproduction of certain sex hormones, and then mm-hmm. stress. 
And so if we just think of it from that standpoint, you can use things like meditation and ritual to help calm the nervous system. You can use journaling, ritual, and spell practices to process emotion because when we hold emotion in our bodies, mm-hmm. um, and we don't process, process them out, then we are contributing to a low level of stress that we, can't, we cannot even like notice or see. I've had clients or friends or family members that have done um, brain training, for instance. And there are certain parts of the brain, like auditory parts of the mm-hmm. brain, stay alert at all times due to certain traumas that happen to us when we're like six mm-hmm. years old. So if you think of what's happening to the brain and then subsequently the body, when there's parts of the brain that are always on alert, you can imagine what kind of stress you're putting yourself under, even when you're in the bathtub, even when you're you know, relaxing or getting a massage, mm-hmm. you're in this state of fight or flight. And I think that women are especially susceptible to this because if you think of like from an evolutionary perspective, we are smaller, we're usually weaker physically than men. And so we're thinking like, are we safe? We're constantly surveying our environment. And so many of us are now, you know, we don't have the the traditional familial structure where we have a man, you know, taking care of us or protecting us or protecting the home. This is, you right. know, we, we're constantly scanning for danger and we're figuring out how to take care of ourselves in a new way without our families, without our communities. Um, and so there's so many different ways that having having a spiritual community, communing with the moon, tapping into the natural cycles of the seasons of the earth, getting in touch with nature, all of this stuff mm-hmm. sort, of, sort of starts to bring us back to our bodies in a way that we, when we feel it, we know we're home and we can kind of rest and we can trust more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you get started, get when you get more into like the quantum healing stuff, and this is very much everything that I've learned from Dr. Joe Dispenza, who I think he was like a chiropractor that ended up studying neuroscience and Mm. uses different meditative and um, almost like hypnotic sort of meditations to um, focus people into, so basically it's like connecting to a certain vibration of healing, if that makes sense. Yeah, is that like kind of accessing your chakras? Like, is that similar or kind of different? It is similar. He definitely does chakra work. Um, Mm -hmm. I would say that if you pictured like above us, like where heaven is, uh, you pictured like like an energetic plane, and and that is where infinity lives. You can like tap into this. It's like reaching up and touching it like touching infinity, touching that limitlessness, mm-hmm. knowing and feeling in your body that anything is possible, even healing, even healing from disease. So that's sort of taking it into like a way crazier way. Right. Okay. <laughs> but I think like for our purposes and like for a lot of the, the work that I do, it's so much about like getting women more in touch with their natural cycles, um, the cycles of the earth, the moon, nature, um, the breath, and also doing whatever we can to change and calm the nervous system from being on high alert all the time. Um, there's also, you know, acupuncture is, is energy healing, um, right. massage, acupressure, Reiki, shamanic healing. So there's basically, I mean, there's this idea that basically we're energetic beings and 
that energy can get stuck in different places. We can have energetic attachments to certain situations or people. And that by going in and removing those things or healing them in a certain way, that we're then able to sort of process trauma, process things that maybe if it even isn't our trauma, it's our mom's trauma or great grandma's trauma or trauma from a past life or whatever it is. And then once we process that, we can start to let go of some of the disease. Now, mm-hmm. all of that said, I'm not a physician. I do not recommend that people forego Western or um, more conventional <laughs> medical treatments. Um, I would never recommend that someone stop going to the doctor and only do spell work. Um, but I do think that it is so related to like the, the psychological spiritual healing is so related to disease. Um, and it really just doesn't get enough mm-hmm. attention. So having both is, is very important. Okay. So it's like a good compliment. Yes. Um, I also hear oh, that thought just left my mind. You were talking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get it. Like, I feel like, um, the whole energetic thing, I think it's tough for people to, have an idea of because it's not tangible we can't see it right so it's just that transitioning into like this place where okay you're actually made of cells you're made of like microorganisms that we can't see also um and then being accepting of that i think yeah i think going into the next layer of understanding that we're made out of you know energy and all that it will make like reiki and acupuncture uh, more more sense like more logical basically yeah. I think that's why a lot of people um, are drawn to like moon energy and mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. it's a really good entry level for this kind of work mm. I think the best thing and like everyone says this but the best way to to think of it is like we are made up mostly of water the moon controls the tides of the ocean so how can we think that we're not affected by the moon's mm-hmm when it literally draws. <laughs> the yeah. 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 So I think that's like, that's something that even the most skeptical persons can sort of wrap their head around. And honestly, like the more you learn about astrology and like actual astrology, evolutionary astrology, mm-hmm. the, the more you, you kind of have to accept it. If you're just reading your horoscope in the newspaper, maybe not, like maybe you could argue that um, it's very general. general yeah, right. it's very vague. Yeah, once you really start to get to know your birth chart and where all your planets lie and your north node and your, mm-hmm. you know, natal lunar eclipse and all of this sort of thing, it's so hard to look at that and not, um, not feel like there is such a strong and profound connection between us and the cosmos, us and mm-hmm. the earth. Um, it's just really, the more you get to know that sort of thing, like the astrology and like the moon phases and stuff, I think, I think then it's easier to start to think like, oh, okay, let's get this energy healing stuff. I can't this to be real. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I always think of um, all these different modalities, like everyone's going to have their own uh, gateway drug is what I call it. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Aromatherapy. Maybe it's like, different teas are helping to, or herbs are helping to heal you. And then you're like, oh, okay, well, you know, this came from the earth and it has a certain vibration or vibrational energy, which every food and plant and animal protein does. 
And then you start to feel better when you're eating higher quality, higher vibration food. Mm-hmm. And then you can kind of go from there. Yeah. So use your gateway drug into this stuff and, and find what works for you. Because even, you know, I'm pretty out there with, with my stuff, with my healing. Um, but sometimes I'll hear of something and I'll be like, oh, no, that's too weird. And then mm-hmm. six months later, I'll be like, oh man, I want to do that now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I think another good uh, gateway drug is the whole charting of the menstrual cycle. Because mm. then people, you know, get into the whole moon thing. And uh, yeah, I think the moon is such a huge uh, kind of drawing in because i remember when i was a young girl i would always just stare at the moon because for some reason it's so nice to do that but yeah i mean definitely there there should be a connection you know between us being here and then then the whole cosmos like it's well we we were raised i I think over the last probably several thousand years to Mm -hmm. think we are separate from nature right um and that hasn't really worked out for a lot of us. So I think a lot of people are really getting back into the, the flow and the idea that, you know, we're actually a part of this. So that's opening people's minds up a lot. Yeah. Um, so I kind of want to jump into a little specific about how you heal. So could you mention uh, about childhood traumas? Mm-hmm. And how, you know, you can be carrying that around and it can be kind of a low-grade, like, stress inflammation or trigger. So can you tell us more about that? Yeah. So, okay. So there's a couple of things that come to mind. So the way that, um, I've been trained is with some sort of ancestral, like shamanic techniques that, um, go hand in hand with the Reiki, but it is a little bit different with Reiki. It's very much like the Reiki energy knows where to go. It knows how to heal. It's not me doing anything. It comes through the healer's hands mm-hmm. and into the client, but it in no way can I like, like, oh, heal her knee. It's not like that. If okay. healed or wants to be healed, then that's where the energy will go. Um, but maybe instead, you know, we balance the chakras and send a bunch of Reiki energy in and then the next day you have a realization that you need to call this one, you know, specialist that you heard of, mm-hmm. you know, months mm-hmm. ago. And that starts a whole healing journey of its own. Um, the more shamanic modalities, they energetically transverse uh, planes. So you go into different states of consciousness as the healer. And in those different states of consciousness, like I could go into, like, I would be using you as an example, mm-hmm. could find a soul piece that I could bring back to your body. And maybe that soul piece was something that you lost or, um, or you know, left you when you were like, I don't know, five years old. And then we would start to talk about how we could integrate that back. And usually the soul pieces leave due to some sort of repeated trauma. So that's one way. That's like one kind of, um, one modality. I would say that even with things like Reiki and even like ritual, journaling, spell work, it's just sort of taking the time to, as an example, like putting your hand on your heart. Being like, Mm -hmm. okay, we're just sitting here. I just woke up, let's say, haven't had my coffee quite yet. And I'm like, okay, how do I feel in my body? 
okay, well, my chest is a little tight. I had some weird dreams last night. Okay, what were the dreams about? You start journaling on like, what is the feeling in your body right now? What are, what are maybe you avoiding? Mm-hmm. Um, what, you know, what are, and then identifying the feeling, identifying where it is in the body and then sort of free journaling on that and getting back to, oh, wow, you know, I had this um, memory pop up with my dad yelling at me when I was you know, four years old. I haven't thought of that in 25 years, mm-hmm. but it really was still there. And then kind of journaling on that and being like, wow, that's how I feel. That's the same feeling I have every time me and my husband get in a fight. Right. Mm-hmm. Start to connect the dots here. So, and sometimes it takes, you know, a moon circle with your, like usually with your girlfriends and you can all go around and talk about, um, you know, we just had the full moon in Pisces. Was that the full moon? Yeah, it was a full moon. Where are we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Pisces is a very like sort of cool, emotional, watery sign, but it also is deeply, deeply intuitive and almost psychic. And so we can sit around and we can be like, okay, what, you know, maybe looking at our charts and seeing if we have any Pisces in our charts or kind of journaling on the idea of like, what is it like a Piscean theme that we can all journal on? And then you're doing that together as a group, or you can do that by yourself. Mm -hmm. It's using the signs and symbols from nature, from astrology, from energy healing to explore your inner being. It's like using it all as a prompt to Mm -hmm. sort of stuff up and out that we would normally just like, you know, take a sleeping pill at night and not think about it or Mm -hmm. cocktails and not think about it or be like, oh, you know, you just need to like tough it out and tough, you know, not think about X, Y, Z. these practices start to unveil and peel back the layers of your psyche to where you can go back and explore those different emotions and help to reincorporate parts of yourself that you've let go over the years. Because we, we get in survival mode. It's totally mm-hmm. natural. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I answered your question. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I think you did. Um, very succinctly. And then also... I think what you said about, you know, the whole like letting go or like having it stuck within you is also a form of like suppression, right? Mm. Like emotions get suppressed, repressed, and then we build up resentment and all that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Um, Yeah, that's definitely what I got from learning, from listening to you talk about that. Yeah, definitely. I have a lot of friends that suffer from anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. have dealt with it and still deal with it. It doesn't, mm-hmm. doesn't always just go away. Um, but again, I think like having the tools in place to be able to deal with it and, um, and process it and process emotion is, is mm-hmm. really changing for sure. So you're like mm-hmm. your depression as a tool almost like your depression right. is almost your superpower because you're able to find like, Whereas before you might just stay in bed for, you know, weeks at a time and not do anything. You can lay there and be like, what is this trying to teach me? Like, what mm. is this? What is coming up to come out? Yeah. You know, it, like I said, it doesn't make it any easier or prettier, but at least you know that it's your body trying to tell you something. Maybe you're working too much. Maybe your relationship sucks. Mm-hmm. Maybe you are being too hard on your body by going on crazy diets all the time. But there's usually something that your body, it's like in functional medicine or functional nutrition, 
we don't just say, oh, you're getting migraines, so no, just take a pill. Yeah. We don't, we don't say that in the functional medicine nutrition community, the holistic nutrition community. We say, what's going on with your gut? What's going on with your hormones? How's your digestion? What's your stress levels like? Like, it's the same thing. Like, I don't look at depression as an illness. I look at it as like, it's your, it's your body trying to tell you something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a hallmark or something that's going wrong. Like if you don't ovulate, you know, your hormones are probably in a disbalance. Um, and I, I brought, I'm glad that you brought that up. The whole thing about like sitting with your emotions, like just accepting it again, accepting it and not denying it. Like, Oh, I'll be fine. Just, yeah. Being compassionate, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is kind of one daily ritual that you should do to, I don't know, get you going, maintain your energy? <laughs> so it's funny because mine is, my go-to is always meditation. Um, I also mm-hmm. find one of the harder ones for people to commit to, mm-hmm. um, which is why I always tell my clients, like, this is totally up to you. You have to choose something that works for you. Right. If I had one, two, oh, I'll give two because I think they're equally as important. I would say gratitude. And I actually got this from a book called The Magic um, by Rhonda Byrne. She's the woman that wrote The Secret. And she doesn't just do gratitude. She makes you write down 10 gratitudes and the why behind them. So it's not just like, oh, I'm grateful for my coffee. It's I'm grateful for my coffee because. Right. And reading them over once you're done writing them down, really feeling through the gratitude because I feel like gratitude practices are amazing. A lot of people have like the five minute journal or whatever. When I was doing it that way, personally, I found like it was a little bit shallow for me. I I wasn't really feeling grateful. I was just like looking around like, oh, I guess I'm grateful for my house. Yeah. (laughs) Feeling it. Uh Um, So I would say getting like super feel, like taking the time to feel your gratitude. Mm -hmm key to manifesting a beautiful life and to welcoming the magic of the unknown. Um, it is only when we're in a vibration of gratitude that we can receive more. Mm-hmm. True. Like I don't, I've never ever seen or, you know, or experienced a situation where someone was receiving and like actually happy about it when they weren't in a state of gratitude. Mm-hmm. Right. Right as a collective, we're transitioning more and more and more into that place where that old paradigm of like, you know, the rich guy and he, who just like, you know, gets money at any cost. Like, well, first of all, he's probably not that happy anyway. Second of all, I think that that breed is going to die out. And I think it's going to be replaced with a higher vibrational, like breed of human. (laughs) (laughs) I have great hope. Anything is okay. Wait, hold on. So for okay, so based on that whole gratitude practice, you you said that you know it's like embracing the unknown because you're like okay, I'm grateful for whatever. Um, would you? Is there a difference if I do it at night? Because I feel like okay, at night you do have a lot more things you can think about because like you know you've been through your whole day, you think about your day, but then in the morning it's like nothing has happened yet. So I do feel it's kind of different if you do it, you know, in the day and night. Yes. what's your thought it's totally fine doing it at night and I I think that um you know I've actually worked with a lot of moms too and they're like I can't Mm -hmm. do it in the morning and they feel so guilty about it but I think 
really cool because not only do you get the benefit of looking at your entire day and having gratitude, but then you like you get to go to sleep with that in your head. And so that means you're waking mm-hmm. up with that in your head. So I, I think see. Okay. Really, really powerful practice. And even if you are doing it in the morning, I would also recommend mm-hmm. um, doing it like even just one gratitude at night, just saying like, oh, what was the best part of my day? Mm-hmm. Um, and that way you're, you're going to sleep in that gratitude as well. I think that's right. Okay. I have been switching my journaling from the morning to the night and it just happened like naturally. And then now I feel drawn to journaling at night. So I was just wondering about that. Maybe that's it. Like, yeah, I love it. (laughs) Whatever works for me. Yeah. I I teach a workshop on ritual actually. And Mm -hmm. I've gotten so much feedback and pushback almost from like having first of all, a, a ritual or something that you do every single day without fail mm-hmm. is stick for people. And then the other thing was, again, like for people with small children or people with really busy lives, like they can't always have an hour in the, I work from home, so I can. Yeah. Same. I know. We are so lucky in that regard. <laughs> But um, even even with that type of schedule, sometimes I get up, I open my computer at 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. and I working. So it and then I do my meditation and stretching at 10 10 a.m. So I think the biggest thing, if you can't be consistent, is to at least be consistent in the practice, but not necessarily the time of day is totally fine, um, as long as you remember to do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, I think consistent effort is better than you know, trying to be too rigid and too stressed about it. I'm so done with being rigid. I'm so yeah. done with it. I was in, you know, being in the nutrition community, mm-hmm. there's the biohacking and the tracking of every little thing and knowing what mm. every biomarker looks like and every, the name of every gut bug in your <laughs> colon. Every molecule. Every molecule. Yeah. And just the more and more I get into this type of work, it's just like, you know what? nature has a way of sort of like like you were moved to kind of take your practice into the evening well guess Mm -hmm. what we're almost at the fall equinox the seasons are changing you know maybe that's come springtime you'll move it back to the morning Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the idea is that we've we've had these very rigid ways of doing things for so long and it's an you, cause you know that like we're on a 28 day cycle, men are on a 24 hour hormonal cycle. And so we are very much held at the, at the standards of the male cycle because they set everything up. It's why we have, you know, five day work weeks and, you know, and constant productivity instead of times of rest and cycles of rest. Um, it's like, we're constantly, you know, if you think about like pregnancy, we gestate the fetus for nine months. We're, we don't have to do anything. Magic happens. Yeah, Magic seriously. Happens you don't do shit. Sorry, I cussed. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then we have this baby and then we're sort of in the mode of like feeding it, taking care of it. And then, but, and then our body has to rest for a little while before we can even think about making another baby again. Well, men don't have that natural sort of ability or intuitive knowledge of creation and rest creation mm-hmm. um even you know with our with our menstrual cycle it's the same thing um so yeah i think that honoring that honoring sort of 
how our bodies feel and when we feel like we should be producing versus not is really important. It helps us really get in touch with our intuition. Mm. Powerful. I feel like if there's one thing that the listener would take away from today is just honoring where you are. Like it's so important how you feel, what decisions you make. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I like regardless of what the more masculine parts of society tell you mm-hmm. is right. Um, and believe me, it's shifting and it will it will catch back up with us. I, I really feel that happening. I see yeah. it happening with the men in my life, CEOs, you know, um, that I'm friends with, my boyfriend, my father, like the masculine is, is seeing the power in this. I, I really have a lot of hope for that. Um, they're seeing it and they're respecting it more and more mm-hmm. every day. I hope so too. Um, so you brought up the menstrual cycle. So is there actually a ritual that people can kind of uh, get some relief from? period problems, you know, all kinds of symptoms. Is there a link there? Okay. So I would definitely start working really intimately with the moon cycles and Uh also with with your personal cycle. So I actually have, um, I have a PDF I can send to you, but it's a moon menstrual tracker. So Mm. you can, and it, it also asks you to not just say what phase the moon it the phase that the moon is in, but also the astrological sign that it's in. And then oh, the nice. your mood and what your mm-hmm. body feels like. And you'll start to notice after a couple of months, like, oh my gosh, every time the moon is in Sagittarius, I'm really like volatile <laughs> or, right. or whatever. And, um, you know, cause I, I used to work with women, um, who there was no real, pattern like with their migraines let's say or you know it was kind of like popping up wherever well we found out after doing some moon tracking that it had to do more with the moon than with their with their cycle Mm. um and then so once you kind of are getting into honoring those natural cycles of not only your body but also the moon then I would take it to the next level of doing some sort of ritual on the full moon and the new moon and it could be could be lighting a candle and journaling a little bit it could be taking a beautiful bath drinking a beautiful cup of tea it doesn't Mm. have to be complicated you don't have to study astrology you don't have to do anything just if you think of just those two those two moon phases the new moon the moon is dark in the sky you cannot even see it and if you think of the darkness as fertile soil to plant seeds Mm-hmm. and reflect a little bit on the month or you know, on your life or whatever. And then the moon is going to start building and building and building up to that full moon. Mm-hmm. And building, we're thinking fertility. We're thinking little plants growing up out of the soil. Our manifestations, our dreams, our, we're, we're gaining energy. We're like kind of like running mm-hmm. towards that full moon. And then the full moon happens. It's bright in the sky. Sometimes it's enormous in the sky and you can feel the energy from it some people will affect them differently they'll be tired they'll have a headache they'll need to go to bed but knowing what your body does or what it's prone to do during those cycles is really important everyone's going to be different it can change it's not Mm -hmm. always going to be that way um and then and then thinking like okay full moon everything's come to fruition and we're giving thanks, we're partying in the moonlight, that sort of vibe. And then it starts to wane again. And now we're mm-hmm. resting, 
we're assimilating, we're receiving, we're processing, we're letting go as the moon is waning. So even just with those two moon phases, because there's eight altogether, eight right. moon phases. <laughs> um, but even just with those two, I think that and like figuring out what your body is doing, what your psyche and your emotions and your spiritual body is doing during those moon cycles is really, really helpful to really just get back in touch with nature and the moon. Yeah, I mean, it would be really nice if you could share the moon calendar. That's awesome. Um, so a word on crystals, like how do you use them actually? Yes, so I tend to use them in healings a lot. Um, I think of them as having like very specific, well, I don't think of that. This is just what they are. <laughs> um, they all have a very specific vibration. And so if you think again of energy and different energetic vibrations, you can use different stones for different things. So, you know, we know like the rose quartz is a very popular one having to do with the heart chakra, self-love, romantic love, um, compassion, that sort of thing. And so if you think of a, a piece of rock having that sort of energy, well, what would you do with it? You can do whatever you want with it. There's even yoni eggs made out of rose quartz that you can you can, you know, <laughs> you can use in certain places. Um, I tend to, like, you can have them on jewelry, you can put them in your pocket, um, you can have them just in your purse, you can have them by the bed, you, you know, get a big chunk of rose quartz if, like, you want to have more sex. I would say, like, rose quartz, carnelian is a really good one. It's a, carnelian's very fiery, um, passionate, energetic, so you might not want to sleep with carnelian next to your bed, but if you want to <laughs> I would highly recommend Carnelian. Um, I think everyone just woke up to that <laughs> when you just said that. Okay. Um, if you are at work and you want to have like prosperity crystals or crystals that, again, promote energy, something like Carnelian or Citrine is a really good one. Um, so there's, you know, there's tons of different ways that you can use them. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, you can put them in the bath. There are certain crystals that will um, erode in water, like selenite and some of the selenite family, but most crystals you can actually put in the bath. People are now putting them in their water and drinking crystal-infused water. Oh, I, yeah, I've heard that. Mm -hmm. I have uh, crystals in all of my anointing oils that I have in Manifest Box because the, the energetic vibration from the crystal infuses into the oil, and then we mm -hmm. use that on our hands or on our you know bodies and our chakras whatever right. um so yeah there's plenty of different ways to use crystals but i would say you know do what do what feels right and um there's there's usually not a wrong way to intuitively use them so different um horoscopes uh, different star signs they have you know they have like a certain crystal that's also kind of you know to them like is that specific like do we really have to, you know, use this specific crystal? Not no, really. That's I don't funny you say that. I've never used my birthstone, really. Yeah, a birthstone. That's what it's called. Yes. Or like your gemstone, right? Or whatever. I think that right. you can. And maybe if that's something you're drawn to, I would say go for it. But it's so funny you say that. I'm like, gosh, I, I think mine's aquamarine. And I've just never, ever. <laughs> I think I had one ring once that had aquamarine in it. But I never am really drawn to it. Um. I, th I think what a lot of people recommend is go like going to a crystal shop, mm -hmm. seeing what you want to, and then look at the properties behind it. 
mm-hmm. not getting hung up, you know, um, if you need yeah. some specific ritual, then great, you know, go and get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in manifest box, I provide two to three stones in each box that are very specific to the spell mm-hmm. that you're going to be doing. But, um, for the most part, I think like, do, like I, I had a friend, she has a, a store in the LA area called mm-hmm. the Michael Five, and she posted, I honestly, I don't even remember what it's called. It is called, oh, oops, it's called a nebulous mm-hmm. stone. And oh. I've never even heard of it. She posted yeah. on Instagram, I, would, I messaged her and I was like, I want that. And she sent it to me. It is like one of the most powerful stones I've ever owned. It's, it's like two inches across. It's not big. It's not fancy looking. It kind of looks like, it's like black. I don't know. It's not even a pr- that pretty of a stone. <laughs> <laughs> so powerful. I've been using it in every single healing um, yeah, so it's just like it's funny, it's like it's not always going to be the prettiest stone that's the most powerful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can say that about humans too, <laughs> it's not the you know, pretty looking humans that are not shallow. Okay, anyway, I digress. Um, is there actually a ritual that uh women can use to enhance their fertility? Yes, so over the millennia fertility has been such a big topic um if you think about you know before modern medicine so many families suffered you know stillborns and um the death of children and and so it was very very important for women to be incredibly fertile and so there's over the ages across continents there's been so many fertility spells Fertility spells and rituals are also very much related to the seasons and to crop mm-hmm. and to harvest, things like that. So it was always like very, very much related. Um, so I would say that for anyone, again, full disclosure um, and disclaimer, always work with a qualified physician, practitioner. Um, magic is very powerful. Intention is very powerful. Um, but that does not mean that we give up <laughs> yeah. modalities, but I would say mm-hmm. first and foremost, getting back into touch and back into flow with your natural cycles, with the moon being exposed to nature, um, the light pollution in cities has very much taken us, uh, it, it puts us out of touch with our natural, uh, sleep cycles and wake cycles, so making sure that you have like blue light blocking glasses, that you're dimming the lights at night or using candlelight is very important. Um, getting out, grounding on the grass, um, you know, touching a tree. I don't care what it is, like really making, bringing flowers into the home if you can. Or mm-hmm. having mm-hmm. um, all things can kind of help you to be more in touch with living fertile things, mm-hmm. getting your hands in the dirt, like planting some tomatoes, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, that said, there are certain herbs that are related to fertility. Um, the, the color green is a very mm-hmm. color. So green candles, green objects, green crystals on your altar. Um, if you're going to set up a fertility altar, having like fruit, um, flowers, green things. Um, there's certain animal totems that are related to fertility. If you think of like things that have a lot of babies really easily, like rabbits. Mm. Oh yeah. 
I don't know why dolphins came to mind. That's weird, but yeah, it's rabbits. <laughs> Dolphin might be an animal that you're connected with. Um, but it's things like rabbits, mice, cats, um, pigs. Like these are mm-hmm, all mm-hmm. little animals. So getting maybe like a little, you know, right. pig figurine and putting it on your altar. I know it sounds funny, but if you start to get into sort of connecting with the energy of these fertile things, like mm-hmm. that the magic starts to work um so I, I think i mentioned so basil um i love basil's fertility growth it's really good for money manifestation too but it's also really oh. good for fertility. um basil catnip you can like get fresh or dried herbs put them in the bath and like have the bath sort of steam like a tea and you sit and you you know have an intention and to make your body as healed and and welcoming as possible to a baby because that's what you're doing, right? You're like getting your body to a place where it can create. Yeah, you know? yeah. You're trying to make it safe and all that. Yeah, yeah. And then um, mm. for men, I think ginseng is a really good fertility herb. And mm-hmm. um, of course not, um, I would definitely involve, if there is a partner involved, involve your partner in some of this. Right. All of mm-hmm. it is not solely on the woman's part or on the... yeah person that's getting pregnant this is very much a, a joint effort mm-hmm. <laughs> and I um you know making sure to to involve and include the family because it's about you know it's about creating more of that um crystals are moonstone is a really really good one it's very fertile very feminine stone um mm-hmm. again for like the sort of like passionate side of things and then rose quartz for that like loving, compassionate sort of part. Um, let me think here. And then there are, we talked to sort of about animal spirits, but there's also um, like gods and goddesses that are related to fertility. So maybe looking up if you have a specific lineage, um, mm-hmm. like I'm Norse and Celtic and Italian. So I'm probably, maybe I relate a little bit more to like Freya, the goddess Freya, but there is like Artemis, Persephone, Isis is the, mm-hmm. um, the Egyptian goddess of fertility. And so there's, there's always those kind of archetype energies that you can connect with too. So it kind of just depends on how far you want to go with it. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, okay. That's a lot to take in, but I definitely think, you know, you have a point, like manifesting, it's not just about writing down, but having all these things, you're pulling in energy to what you want. Yeah, yeah, and I think that, like, I always tell people, you don't need the crystals, you don't need the oils and potions and concoctions, you don't need a huge altar, it can literally just be a little shelf with a couple of whatever. Right, yeah, 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 you don't need to have, like, a whole cauldron of things. (laughs) Exactly. But what I will say is these tools help to remind us mm-hmm. to get into that space. And it gives and it re- creates a literal space where we can sit with these intentions and it reminds us to like connect. Mm-hmm. So I do think that, you know, for those purposes, it's good to have something. Nice. Thanks for all the info. Um, yeah, I think when people are ready to conceive, I hope they will, you know, put all these information into their life yeah and even if they're not having trouble conceiving I think that you know again we're always kind of rushing from one thing to the next and when it comes to 
um, readying your body, but not just your body, your soul, your home, your emotional body, um, doing some of these little rituals and practices can be really helpful as you start to transition into a space of motherhood and, and being ready for that can be really beautiful. More yeah. rituals for everything. <laughs> um, okay, so as we kind of wrap this up, is, is there anything you want to say to, well, especially women about using, you know, rituals for their health? Oh my goodness. I would say, um, I, you know, I think I say this on every podcast I'm on, but finding your healing team and finding your, the people that can help support you, you don't have to do this alone. I mean, I have about a hundred books here that, you know, when I do this for a living and still I have my energy healers, my psychics, my therapists, my doctor, mm -hmm. like it's okay to reach out for help. It's okay to have a team of people that has your back in a way that maybe like your husband even or your friends or um you know or your mom or whatever mm -hmm. they can hold space for you but when you're processing emotion and you're working through things i do think it's important to have objective people that can help to guide you um right. yeah i would say like don't don't feel shame about that and don't think that you have to do it alone yeah the power of community mm -hmm. Well, I loved our conversation. Also, this is really funny right now. For everyone <laughs> listening, my cat is <laughs> right in front of the screen. He looks like a mini lion, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> so, he started coming here when you're talking about fertility. It's so funny. Oh, not surprising. I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's definitely a sign. Um, okay, so where can you know the listeners find you, and do you have anything you want to give away or anything like Ooh, that? Gosh, I did. I forgot to think about. Well, you know what? I will send you PDF, um, the Moon. Oh yeah, sure. Moon tracking, uh, mm -hmm. and I'm at MalloryLeone.com and at MalloryLeone on Instagram, and those are the two places that I hang out the most. Um, if you're interested in ManifestBox, ManifestBox.com as well, mm -hmm. and Manifest underscore box on Instagram. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. Oh, maybe I do, but I can't remember. Okay, <laughs> I'll definitely follow that. Um, yeah, I'm so interested, you know, in like doing your work now or doing work with you now. Um, okay, and then I'll put all the links into the show notes so that everyone can access it and hopefully you know we might have another conversation in the future awesome hey love that